is an All the Horror production. I look over at the arcade cabinet in the corner. It has been. It is. My curse. A haunted video game that displays a new dark tale of madness with every quarter dropped. But there was one story that was revealed to me. The story I could not tell alone. It's an urban legend that dominates the collective culture and history of video games. It's called Polybius. A simple spacefaring game shoot 'em up. Its floating geometric shapes haunt the pixelated dreams of children of the 1980s. Some gamers were driven mad. Others were lost to the dark abyss of Polybius for eternity. Just like those who played this machine of madness, I struggled to make sense of all the information my cursed cabinet presented to me. So, on this night, All Hallows' Eve, I opened the doors of this arcade to any brave soul who dare look deeply into the screen of my haunted cabinet. I'm Tim Gibson, and the Cabinet Podcast welcomes you gamers to the arcade anthology, Polybius Rises. I paced the floor nervously as I bit my thumbnail. No one else except for me had studied the nameless arcade cabinet that magically played these macabre tales of video games past. I kind of wondered what effect it would have on my friends from the Conspired Podcast. Natalie and Gerald tread a lot of similar ground to what I do. The paranormal, conspiracies, dark crimes of human nature... You know, all sunshine and rainbows. So, I dropped the quarter into the machine. And what they saw was history. Gerald is a skeptic to the supernatural. So he thought it was cool how I rigged the machine to play a documentary about this weird little video game from the Pacific Northwest. A video game called Polybius. Natalie, however, is not a skeptic. She quickly pointed out to Gerald that the cabinet was unplugged. I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, 
Yeah, it's always like that. They asked me if they should look into my haunted video game, but I declined. Said now's the time to look into Polybius. The cabinet, my cabinet, has a reason for the stories it picks. So they got to work quickly researching. And here's Natalie with some of what we know about Polybius so far. Imagine living in the late 1970s and corner arcades popping up all over the country and shopping malls, restaurants, movie theaters, and even grocery stores. Now we flash forward a few years to 1981 in the largest city in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. One gaming cabinet mysteriously starts making an appearance in random places in this bustling city. A cabinet game that draws kids in from all over. And the lines to play this particular game are lengthy. This game is so addictive that it tends to incite fights amongst the teens and adults not only playing the game, but also waiting to play this particular game. What kind of arcade game could have this much of an impact on Portland citizens? Well, this particular game is said to have geometric shapes slowly moving and flashing on the cabinet screen. Rumors have spread that some players hear a woman screaming and see flashes of grotesque faces out of the corner of their eye. What is the name of this particular game? Well, it goes by the name Polybius. You may be thinking that Polybius is the same as all of the other arcade games that were created in the initial mass release of cabinet games. You would be wrong. Rumors started spreading that individuals who play this game would have adverse side effects ranging from nausea, headaches, vivid nightmares, night terrors, hallucinations, blackouts, to full-blown seizures. It's also been told that hardcore Polybius gamers have even committed suicide or went missing without a trace. If that's not weird enough for you, it is rumored that men in black suits would come into these establishments to collect so-called records from the game and leave coins behind as a payment to the establishment owners for keeping their arcade cabinet in place. Soon after, the machines just disappear without a trace. While Natalie and Gerald were out compiling their research about Polybius, a message appeared on my cabinet. Open me. It was appropriate, because with this Alice in Wonderland-like message, I was going deeper down the rabbit hole of video game creepiness. So far, I had dropped about 21 quarters in this machine. But when I opened the bank where the quarters were supposed to go, no coins, just a box, a leather-bound cassette tape holder. Inside were only a few unmarked tapes. The only clue I had about where they came from was a name in the box, Eddie Majors. I'm going to play the first two of what I'm calling the Majors tapes right now. It's October 1st, uh, 1981. Eddie here. Uh, who else would it be? Anyways, uh, hi, Mom and Dad out there in North Carolina. Uh, it's uh, been a few months since I moved out here. Get a fresh start after um, messing my knee up at high school football. I just want to tell you how well I'm doing out here in Portland, Oregon. You know, I started out moving in inventory and things in a warehouse, old boxes, machinery. But my favorite thing is when I get to play the video game cabinets in the warehouse. Me and the other guys, we just got there on our breaks and plugged them in, 
just go at it, you know. One time we were playing Pong, and we played way past our break. That little dot was going back and forth, back and forth. Anyways, the boss, he, he snuck up beside the machine. We're too focused on what's happening. He takes his clipboard and slams it against the machine. I jumped out of my overalls, and the dude I'm playing against sits his head on the top of the machine. And the boss makes us get back to work. Well, it's not long before I figured out I got a knack for these games. A couple of higher-ups start showing me things like how to fix them. My name's also on some of the screens for the high scores. I just do EDD uh, for Eddie. It's E and a double D. Turns out they own uh, several little arcades in this area. So they, they promote me um, to run a new one that's opening. Heck, they even, even named it after me. They called it Fast Eddie's. So they couldn't figure out the branding, but when I came along, they knew I could make it special. They're paying me about 40 grand a year salary. You know, to run this place, it's not bad for a kid who blew a major football scholarship. You know, you know I'm right, don't you? Yeah, I gotta go. Uh, they're they're wheeling a new machine in. Uh, Polybius, Polybius, Polybius. That's it. It's supposed to be some trippy space invaders type game. Heck, you even played a game in 3D. I and I can't wait to check this out. I'll let you know what I think about it, Mom and Dad. Love you guys. When the screens go dark, Polybius rises. It is uh, October 3rd, 1981. Hi, Mom and Dad. Gonna check that game out. Like I said, those graphics were trippy. Remember that roller coaster at Carowinds and I puked all that cotton candy and core dog mess up? Guess I still got that motion sick. Whoever's listening to this, my name's Eddie Majors. It's October 12th, 1981. I am the manager at a Fast Eddie's Arcade in Portland, Oregon. My parents are Marjorie and Hank Majors from Wilmington, North Carolina. If I go missing before, before I can mail these out, give them these tapes when you find them. This is what's... This was going to be an audio letters to them, part of a Christmas surprise, but now it's a, now it's something else entirely. It's a journal, a journal of all the weird crap happening at the arcade. The crap that's happening to me. I played the cabinet. I played Polybius, and I have puked my guts out every day since I played that daggone game. First, I thought it was just me. I had motion sickness as a kid. Curvy roads, roller coasters, they made me puke. Throw up was normal at first. Looked like a hamburger had just ate. But when it all didn't go away, thought it was the flu or a stomach bug. Then it all turned. I, I began uh, puking up this thick, black, snotty stuff. I do that twice a day now. Once when I wake up, again, when I go to sleep. Been to hospitals, clinics. The best they can come up with is it's a virus or allergies. 
It's not it, though. I have no fever. I have no chills. None of the stuff that goes with it. Anything. The only thing I know... I know that game has something to do with it. I think Polybius is making me sick. Yeah. Say I'm creeped out that Eddie Major sounds a lot like me. That's an understatement. While I was listening to the mysterious Majors tapes, Gerald had pulled on some threads of his own in the tapestry that is Polybius. As the whole picture began to unravel, it looked like we were researching something big, like as big and bloated as the United States federal government. Gamers would say they remembered the company name on the Polybius opening credits. They said the name they remembered was Sinnesschlossen. This word in somewhat colloquial German means sense delete or sensory deprivation. Sin meaning senses and lotion meaning to extinguish or to delete. However, when researched, this company or game never existed. There are many different stories out there about this particular gaming cabinet. Some say that a part of the government that deals with psychoneurological programming of the brain placed these out there to see if they could use them as a way to develop mind control techniques on the unsuspecting public. Others say it was a way of brainwashing people as part of the MKUltra project. Some just think that it was a video game that had too many flashing lights and loud obnoxious music that induced seizures in kids. So they had to take them out and refurbish them as other more popular and safer games. And some believe that it never existed at all, that it was all a hoax, concocted by a great storyteller that had a passion for video games and conspiracies. October 14th, 1981. You need to know about the suits. At least, the men in black suits. Not, not the suits to wear, I, I just call them the suits. Anyway, the suits come in every evening after we close at nine. I have to wait an hour after I close while they hook up these machines to Polybius. The machines are little boxes with computer screens like in uh, one of those Soviet spy movies. They're black with green letters. I've passed by a few times and noticed words spelled out in those green letters. I just ignored it until I started getting sick. I usually just collected quarters from the other machines and counted nights till while they serviced the cabinet. But as my throwing up spells increased, I became more curious about the machine. Suspicious of it. And suspicious of the suits who fiddled with it. One of the things that caught my attention they never collected quarters for the machine. My coins never came out. It's weird. So I tried to catch phrases on the little machines, you know, see if there's any words on there. I caught a few glimpses here and there. Then something stood out. My name. Eddie Majors. In bold letters. MKUltra. The attempts by the deep state to develop X-Men like super soldiers. 
using hallucinogenic drugs like LSD. They were trying to develop powers like telepathic communication and the telekinetic ability to move things without touch. It looked like possibly this program had invaded the arcades of the 1980s. Yeah, there were also men in black, and they had appeared at Fast Eddie's arcade in Portland. But even stranger is when another podcast I had enlisted to help messaged me on Twitter. Shauna and Trisha from Two Girls on a Bench are writers. I had some old written records from a state mental hospital in Oregon. They were related to Polybius, and I got them through a Freedom of Information request. They combed through the records and made a dramatic recreation of what they found. It hits a lot of familiar notes. In 1981, Portland's arcades were consumed by a new video game called Polybius. As quickly as it arrived, it disappeared. And now we sit with the aftermath, the shrapnel dispersed to those who played it and those who never recovered. Notes from session four with Amber Garcia. 15-year-old patient presenting schizophrenia. Committed to San Vicente Psychiatric Hospital on October 1st. Amber seems to be more agitated and withdrawn with each session. She's endlessly scratching away with her spirograph, drawing the same circular patterns over and over. An orderly told me the drawings look like the game, Polybius. I asked him what he thought of the video game and why was it so popular. He said he didn't get it gave him a headache, and it was boring. My interview with Amber's parents revealed only what is obvious. She is withdrawn, a loner, introvert, and highly intelligent. Her connection to video games is unique for a girl her age. Typically, attachment to video games at this age is more common in male patients. Amber is presenting symptoms of schizophrenia, particularly her obsession with conspiracies around the video game Polybius. Session 5 The nurse on duty last night told me you haven't been sleeping well, that you scream until they give you a sedative. What are you dreaming about? Amber? I don't know. I'd like for you to try. Let's go back to last night. You went to bed at 8.30, lights out at 9. It's always gone. What is always gone? Everything. I'll see it for just a second, and then it disappears. Your dream? The game. It's there for a second in my dream, and then it's gone. I can't get back to it. I want to play it. That's why they sent me here, because I almost won. 
Amber, it's important that we get past the game and start talking about what is giving you nightmares. You never listen. You just pretend. You're on their side. I'm on your side. I want to help you face whatever is giving you nightmares. The game. So it's the game that you're dreaming about? Not the game. It's it's what's inside it. What stays after the game is shut down. I, I don't understand. What is inside the game? They don't want us to remember. That's why they took the game away. That's why they put me here. Amber, your parents put you here. No, Dr. Tate. Those people you met. They aren't my parents. Dr. Tate gave me this tape recorder so I can talk about my feelings or whatever. Um, well, when I first found the game Polybius, I knew I had to play it. Enter passcode to play. That's how it started. I don't know how I knew, but the numbers kept coming. 21, 43, 24, 22, 51, 44... My hands were shaking as I entered the code. It was like I knew I knew I couldn't go back. I passed the first few levels easily until suddenly it was like um I was being tugged. No, that's wrong. Pulled circles spinning around and around. I was frozen. I couldn't leave. Things were missing. When the people came because the arcade was closing, I screamed. I screamed and I I shook. Why? Why wouldn't anyone why would anyone want to leave? It wasn't until later I noticed these were not my parents. They were cold, like strangers that stare too much. They watched me, they fed me, and then I could see them. The circles spinning around, the colors were Everywhere. 21, 43, 24. Enter the code to play the game. 22, 51. To play the game. Complete the command. The command. It's for me. And I woke up here. I told that doctor they weren't my parents, but I can tell she doesn't believe me. The pills they gave me make me numb, and it's harder to find the circles. I want to find the circles until I close my eyes. Then I'm back. I'm me, and the game is me. I'm inside listening. No one can stop me. They can't see it. I enter the code, and I hear it. 21, 43, 24, complete the command. 22, 51, 44, win the game. I know the truth, and I don't know anything. Were those my parents? I don't remember parents. Only spinning. The static getting louder. I don't notice. I'm screaming. 
they tie me to the bed, claiming seizures or something. It's so dumb. Why won't anyone listen? There's a heaviness on my chest and a, a call. No, a darkness. Messenger. Only me. Only me. It's speaking to me, but I can't hear it. It's pitch black, then the spinning starts again, only this time I'm inside. I'm surrounded by the static and the flashing and the spinning, and then everything stops. Time stops. I complete the command. I forget, and I know what I'm supposed to do. It's awful, and it's mine. Session 7. I'm going to turn on the recorder, Amber. How are you doing today? The same. What do you mean the same? Why does it matter? You aren't going to listen. I'm here to listen, and I'm concerned that you continue to have nightmares. I was also told that you refused to see your parents when they visited yesterday. They aren't my parents. I already told you that. They want to take it away. I don't understand, Amber. They want to take it out of my brain. They're mad at me because it chose me. It chose me. My initials are at the top. I've won, and now I'm waiting. Sometimes the waiting makes me feel sick. I feel sick, but the game, it's in me now. I, I don't want to hurt anyone but it's stronger than me the voice or the not voice the dark the spinning amber if you're going to hurt someone or yourself you need to tell me i have to wait i'll wait out the doctors and the not parents and the not listeners and the not voice and i'll be ready when it calls me when i know i'll know what is calling you, Amber? Is, is there a way you can distinguish where these voices are coming from? There's these gaps in my mind. And there's space I, I can't see. And the commands are louder. I'll never stop. I'll find the switch and I don't know. I don't remember. I'll enter the code 2143324. At the top, my initials are at the top. No one can stop it. They're going to call on me. 225144. And when they do, I'll be ready. These are my last notes on Amber Garcia. Amber's parents came yesterday, and I shared with them that Amber insists they are not her parents. Their reaction to this was strange. They looked at each other and, and said they had to leave. Today, two men in black suits came and checked Amber out of the facility. Another doctor authorized her release. I wouldn't have allowed them to take her without her parents' consent. If they are her parents. 
I can't help but wonder, was she right? Is, is she part of something bigger? Those numbers she kept repeating, are they a code or some sort of activation that will unlock something? Her panic and mention of hurting someone concerns me. Without the right medication or supervision, she will continue down this paranoid path and could harm herself or someone else. Mysterious code? What did it all mean? Shauna and Tricia thought they had figured it out. They were coordinates. Coordinates to a remote site in Libya. Is this a secret government base? If it was, what were the men in black doing there? Then you have another one of the Major's tapes. It just opens a floodgate of more questions. October 17, 1981. It's 2 in the morning. I'll be straight with you. I don't sleep well anymore. <laughs> if I'm not throwing up black snot, I'm seeing things. I fall asleep with my TV on, trying to block some of it out. And I wake up sometimes. There's snow on the TV. After the national anthem is played and the bars have gone away, it's the snow. That's the normal part. But what's not normal is what I just saw. Snow began to do this weird thing, like form into these kind of bars, vertical, horizontal, alternating like from from that uh, Outer Limits TV show I used to watch with Mom and Dad. Then the lines came into focus. The colors were familiar. It was the greens and yellows of Polybius. Just playing like it would on a demo on the machine at my arcade. I stared at it. I stared at it for hours. And the game faded away. And a new picture came into focus. The TV 
opens up into this white, sterile room. The room's filled with these guys. They're the suits. The suits from the arcade. They got these computer monitors. I'm not prepared for what comes in next. A girl. A girl in a medical gown was strapped to this gurney. She had these electrodes attached to her head and kept talking about random numbers over and over. These numbers kept coming closer and closer together to a white flash. After the white flash, the girls were placed. On the table, there's this blob, this blob of pulsating flesh wasn't even human anymore. Where her arms and legs were, there were these nubs, these tentacles, and a glob of jet black hair where the top of her head was. One of the suits reaches inside his suit pocket, pulls out a gun, and points it at the veiny, throbbing mass of meat on the table. There's this shadowy thing. Just watching. Watching from the corner. And it's taller than the suits. And then the image blurs. Like the antenna can't grab a strong signal. And everything fades into the snowy static. Before a blank black screen covers my TV. Then in bold green letters. Letters similar to the suit's equipment that showed my name. It reads, when the screens go dark, Polybius rises. Another podcast, Karaoke Big E, had heard about the work we were doing with Polybius. Host Big E said he remembered a weird night two years ago with his co-host Kevmo and their engineer Cody Blake. It happened at a karaoke bar in Peoria, Illinois. Big E had stepped up to the mic to give it all he had that night. But then, a fight broke out. Over a video game. You can probably guess the game. And you get a prize if you said Polybius. Under the moonlight, you see 
your sight that almost stops your heart. You try to scream, but terror takes the sound before you make it. Yeah. You suck screams and horror looks you right between the eyes. You're paralyzed. That's a thriller, thriller night. No one's gonna solve you by the beat of the strike. No it's thriller. Hey, I got next from that big game. Starts to shiver, and no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. What was really strange was that while Cabmo and Cody Blake had hid for cover during the melee, Big E felt strangely compelled to keep performing. He claims the Polybius cabinet was giving off this energy. Despite the punches and gunshots flying around the room, he needed to keep going. Not even the distant call of police sirens could get him off the stage. But still stranger, there was a Polybius cabinet floating out there in the wild. The mysterious men in black had gotten sloppy and forgot to get their toy. As I thought about that, Natalie and Gerald from Conspired texted me. They were going to watch some footage they had found on the internet of a Polybius recreation. So what do you think? Weird. <laughs> I mean... She sums it up in one word, ladies and gentlemen. It's kind of fascinating. Like, it's a very... I'm someone who, like, things that scare me are, like, things that are outside the box. You know what I mean? Like... Mm -hmm. But this is inside of a box. No. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I'm not, like, scared about, like, typical ghost stories or whatever. Like, things that weird me out are, like, weird things going on with TVs or cell phones. And, like, electronic things. Or things that are, like, haunted in a different way. Like, through objects or things. And this is kind of weird like that and I know it's not I don't think this article or I don't think the idea of this is implying that it's haunted how about I show you a picture of or a video of somebody who re uh, what's the word they just not refurbished but they um, they redid it to the way everybody explained it and that game yeah the game so you could see it playing Played, and that way you can see for yourself whether you 
believe it or, or you know what your thoughts are on the game itself. So I'm going to show you a quick video of it. I'm not. And gonna, is this real? Somebody. Oh wait, you already explained yeah, that. Yes, sorry, explained that. So um, the listeners won't be able to listen, but they can go to YouTube and type in Polybius, and believe me, they'll be able to find the video. But I'm going to show you real quick, and then you let me know what you think about it. They weren't the only ones experimenting with Polybius. Two members of the Totally Unreal Book Club, an improv podcast based in Canada, were missing. Will and Caitlin were planning a Halloween surprise for the other actors on the show. It had been weeks since anybody had seen the two. The remaining cast of TUBC contacted me when they found the audio tagged at the back end of their latest episode. Will and Caitlin have been playing Polybius. And you can follow each of us on our personal Twitters at... Kate Lyon Roar. Steve Marriott. AZ Matthew. And Will J. Wood. Thank you all again, and we'll see you uh, next week. Potato guns can be lethal. Spud, yeah! <laughs> all right, well, we just finished up recording that uh, episode of Totally Unreal Book Club. And... Uh, I'm keeping this recording going a little bit longer because today is a very special day. Everyone else um, is leaving, but Caitlin and I actually have a pretty cool opportunity. Um, it turns out that uh, my uncle, who uh, works for an arcade company, uh, seems to have tracked down one of the very rare, um, almost non-existent uh, cabinets, supposedly it's real, of the game Polybius. Um so we actually have the opportunity to uh, to to try it. I don't know if it's real or not, uh, but we get to play it uh, for the next week um, while it's here in town. So what we get to what we're, what we're going to do is Caitlin's never heard of Polybius. I of course know about the legends. Um, so we're going to play it every day for this next week, and just to see what you know. There's uh, rumors it's supposed to you know mess with your personality and. You know, have amnesia and all this weird stuff. I don't know if any of it's true or not, but we're going to play it. Uh, we're going to play it for uh, two hours a day, and we're going to come back and we're going to record uh, our thoughts about it um, every day. So let's see what happens. All right, well, this is day one. Um, so I've played it uh, for two hours. Caitlin is currently playing it. Um so I go first and then she goes and then while she's record while she's playing I'll record my thoughts and while uh or when she's done playing then she'll record her thoughts after separately. Um It was interesting. It was weird. The game is not quite what I was expecting. It's by all accounts it it if it's an emulation it seems to be what the accounts were. Um I felt sort of strange playing it but I don't know if that was just in my own head for expecting it but I I was I I kind of had a headache and I felt uh, a little uneasy but it was I wouldn't say the game was fun as much as it was just interesting but so far I I don't know I don't think there's anything to it anyway we'll see what Caitlin thinks so I just finished playing it um I I mean it, it was 
it's, it's kind of a simple game. I'm not sure if it's supposed to make me feel anything. I just feel hungry really more than anything. Um, but I mean, it was kind of fun. I, the time went by real quick. Uh, I didn't realize it had been two hours, but my, my phone alarm went off and I was like, oh man, that, that went by quick. But yeah, I don't, I don't feel any different other than I'm, I'm just really hungry. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. I liked it. All right. So it's day two. Um, the, I, it, I, I'm finding it hard to focus my thoughts on the game itself. It seems secondary. I guess that's because I, based on the rumors and legend and stuff, I'm focusing more on how I feel, but I don't know if that is playing into it, you know? So if maybe what I'm feeling is based on the fact that I'm expecting to feel something, but I have noticed that if I've been losing some of the well, I don't know if I've been losing it or not, but it feels like some of the sensation inside my like fingers and uh, I guess toes has been like numbing. And then, but then when when I when I come back when I came back from it, it's I seemed like I regained it. I don't know. We'll have to see. Oh man, I I just like this game. I I like playing it. It uh, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I just really want to get back in the game. Uh, actually, I really just need a sandwich or something before I do anything else. Uh, really hungry. It's day three, and I I I'm I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not feeling good about it. Uh, the whole time playing, it's like I didn't want to play, but I couldn't stop myself from playing. I think because, I mean, I'm already committed to this thing, but Caitlin and I aren't really talking about each other's experiences. That's sort of part of this experiment. But, like, she just, her, she, I... I feel like her personality's changing a little bit, but she won't talk to me about it. And she's always eating all the time. It's really, it's unusual. But I guess I, it's probably in my head. Oh, man. I cannot, I, I don't know what people are talking about with this game being creepy or whatever. It just makes me happy every time I play it. I just feel like happy and safe and, and it's nice. Sorry, it's really hard to concentrate. I'm so hungry. I don't know what it is. I just want like a steak, like a really rare steak or something. Stop looking at me while I'm recording. It's day. Uh, it, um, I gotta collect myself. It's day four, I think, and I. I I I I I I don't know. It's I'm having weird dreams. Like I'm seeing th uh, things, and I'm 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 constantly like I'm itchy all the time. Uh, except when I'm playing the game. That's the only t that's 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 the only time that like I don't feel so bad. But like 
it's not a good feeling either. And Caitlin is just starting to kind of scare me. Um, she's, she's getting, she's always angry at me and hungry, but she still won't tell me what's going on. And I, I wonder, I don't know if it's the game. It's, I, I want to still think it's in my head, but I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I just asked for a sandwich and he is just whining and he won't make me a sandwich. And that's all I want. That's all I want to eat right now. I'm hungry because I just played and he knows that the playing makes me hungry and he just won't make me a sandwich. And it's just really irritating. And that's all I have to say today. It's day five and I... I I can't I I I can't <sighs> the game is fine it's secondary it's 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 part of the I can't I can't make any more sandwiches I I broke my wrist making sandwiches and and she just won't stop and I've tried to, to she just wants meat so much meat and I, and she's hitting me. She doesn't realize it, but she's hitting me, and it's affecting my ability to play the game. And I need to play the game because the game, the Polybius feels like it's it's the only safe place I have right now. I can't wait until this week is over. I'm just, oh, I'm so hungry, and nothing satisfies. I just want. A meat but the meat isn't good enough it's not fresh enough and he he cooks it but he cooks it too much and it's i just oh i just can't i can't be satisfied and the only thing that satisfies me is the game and then i finish the game and then i'm just oh, i'm so hungry i have to call somebody it's day six and Caitlin bit me she, not just like a little bite like she 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 tore my skin out and she's she she didn't even seem affected by it and I this is not good <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm still hungry, but like, I feel better. I think, mm, I don't know. I feel really, I feel really good. I mean, I'm still hungry. Oh God, I'm still so hungry, but I feel, I feel better today. Yeah, this is good. It's day seven. Um, Will can't come and record today. Uh... But I feel great. I'm not hungry at all anymore. The hunger is totally gone. Um, yeah, Will uh, Will's stepped out. Uh, he 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 won't finish this this. But um, I I'm great. We're done. Well, I'm done. He well he's done too. Yeah, he's definitely done. Very done. Well done. Puddles of blood and some dried cooked meat or meat byproduct and old pan were found in Will's apartment. No sign of Caitlin. 
The cast of Totally Unreal Book Club can't say where their friends went. They want their friends to be okay, but the mess they found says otherwise. After listening to that chilling audio, I was worried about the effects the game would have on Natalie and Gerald. However, their background in supernatural investigations had prepared them for moments like this. They were also ready to give me their final conclusions on the game. Alright, so the video I just showed her was uh, a remake of what people said they saw on the screen and so that way she could get an idea of what she's seeing and just to let you guys know it is you're in a uh, like a, a spaceship and in the center is this weird um, geometrical shape and it keeps changing shapes. Yeah, it, it just keeps changing shapes and it keeps sending out these um, subliminal messages yeah words, words. flash on the screen split second words and it, you would have to shoot these other geometrical shapes that are coming off, like uh, spheres, but it was always 3D. Like, it's not squares and circles, it's spheres and cubes and pyramids and things like that coming off of it. And once you beat that level, then it's the exact same thing, except if you've ever seen where they take black and white and put them so close together, it kind of looks like it's moving that's the next level and then the final level and you still have the words flashing on the screen and then the final level is almost like a psychedelic rainbow colors that are coming straight at you as you're trying to shoot these geometric shapes while words are still flashing on the screens so is that weird or what it was weird i mean it definitely looks like uh a hypnotic sort of <laughs> yeah it was like, it did look hypnotic didn't it I'm, yeah and I think that's probably the idea behind it um, it's really weird I mean I guess I'm thinking like out of the theories that I gave which one do you think is, is the most plausible um, can you was remind it uh, MK Ultra trying to brainwash children is it the neurological um, primary programming of the brain. Right, the neurological programming. The government was trying to program people. It's almost like the uh, Manchurian candidate where they program people that if they hear a certain word that they'll kill the president. Right. So... Um, I think for me to say I, I would need to do more research into it to give you a definitive answer. But I just want out your of, thoughts on it, right? Out, out, out of, of what we have. Right. Out of the choices that you've given me and you know, based on what I... Well, can I ask you a few questions yeah, before please, I... Yeah, please, ask me as many questions as you want. Um, how many people have purportedly said that they either played this game or know someone that did or those kind of things? Um, it's... I think it's in the thousands. Okay. People that have said... but it's And only, it was just in Oregon. It was just in Portland, Oregon. It was only in uh, certain places in Portland, Oregon. And... They reported that there would be fights at the games because people were so addicted to playing this game. But you also have to remember that a lot of people fought over video games yes, back then. Plus, just such um, a male thing. And also, you do have to keep in, a, in, in your th this thought in your head that drugs were big in the uh, late 70s and early 80s. And they said that arcades were a place where drug sales oh, yeah. and drug um, consumption 
was. I just keep thing. thinking Stranger Things. Stranger Things, <laughs> yes. Keep that in your head, yeah, because they kind of paints a picture games. of uh, what it is. But what I they. Don't know. What, I know. I, I think. In order to say that this was some kind of like brain manipulation type of tool that the government was using, then you would have to say that the government does things like this. And I, I would, you have to kind of like build yourself up to that. And I would say that yes, I do think that the government probably does. So think, it is possible. Does for things them to like do that. that? So with well, MK Ultra with, is real. So. With that being said, do I think that it could be possible? that the government maybe was just trying this this brain manipulation tool out and why not try it out in a city that's you know pop heavily populated and um would get used by hundreds of people mm-hmm. um young young people um do i think that that's possible yeah i think that could be possible yeah um like I said, if you were going to believe that, you would have to believe that there are other things that the government does that, um, where they're trying to hide things from you or, or try to control society in some way, shape, or form. And I could almost see this being like more of like an experiment, so exactly. to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because I think what really got me is like, why Portland, Oregon? Why only Portland? Oregon? And then where did they go? Um, so. If all, if that was true, and nobody can ever find a, a, another cabinet like it. If that was true, then yeah, I could see it being like an experiment they were trying out. Maybe they found it to be unsuccessful. I'm leaning more towards the um, seizure thing, where the game had too many flashing lights and loud noises, and it was inducing seizures. Well, then why would but then why would there be no record of it even existing anywhere? Because there's been a lot of toys and things that I recall that you can still look up and see that they existed before. Hmm. Good counter. I like that. Okay, so well, I was ta- I was torn between government and uh, the seat the whole seizure thing, but since there is no record of it, then. I would say that, yeah, the government, it is possible that the government could have went in, um, taken the cabinets out in the middle of the night, you know, all these establishments, you know, just like a mass recall, just grab them all and erase all records of it. Yeah, because maybe the experiment was faulty, it didn't work. Whatever they were trying to do wasn't working, and so it's like, well... Well, no, they could pro- or they probably got all their data that they needed. Or they got all their data, either way. You say data. Or aliens. Um, I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, it sounds like something aliens would do. It does sound like something they would do. And you're the one who believes in other life forms. I do, but I'm not saying I believe in, like, little green men. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's interesting, for sure. And you know I love out-of-the-box kinds of things, so... um, That's what I'm saying. Like, it is weird... That a lot of people said there were cabinets. They did play them. Um, even store owners said that um, report uh, supposedly the the men in black suits would come in and they would collect data out of the machines. Right. But they wouldn't take the quarters. They would say, "This is your payment for keeping our um, you know arcade box, arcade cabinet in your establishment." So weird. I'd be interested to see more research on this. Um, It's definitely a fascinating topic. 
Yet for me, the investigation wasn't closed. There was one more of the tapes that Eddie Majors had left behind. October 31, 1981. It's out there. The thing with the clawed hand. I had just turned the locks on the arcade. These two fingers with the black pointy fingernails sliced the air. Then this crack white light opens in the arcade. It's, it's like a portal. And then, then it steps out. The green scaled creature. It has these large black eyes. It's no whites. It's all pupils. No mouth. It's it's breathing out its gills, these things on its neck. God, it's here. It's in my head. Get it out. When the screens go dark, oblivious rises. <laughs> oh, God. Let me go. Let me go. Not the light. As the reels of tape faded in a silent hiss, I folded my hands in deep thought. The creepy similarities between me and Eddie Majors got me thinking. Later I took some time to examine the arcade cabinet in my possession. Stamped in faint letters was a name that Gerald had uttered previously. Sinus Lotion, the imaginary shell company that had made Polybius. Was my cabinet, my cursed cabinet, a Polybius cabinet, or just cobbled together with parts left over from that terrifying experiment? A blinding white light began emanating from the screen. And that's when I realized, gamers, that as you journey deeper into the dark, hoping for light, sometimes you just find a deeper dark staring back at you. Arcade Anthology Polybius Rises is a special Halloween production of the Cabinet Podcast in All the Horror. You can hear other great Halloween episodes by searching for hashtag AllTheHorror on Twitter. Polybius research and historical discussions provided by Natalie and Gerald, our crack paranormal team from the Conspired Podcast. 
The Polybius Sessions were written and performed by Shauna and Tricia, the heart of darkness for the two girls on a bench. Music for the segment was provided by Shauna's husband, Edgar. Special thanks to Big E, Kevmo, and Cody Blake for stepping up to the mic and giving us a thriller with their special karaoke session. In addition, if anybody has seen Will and Caitlin from the Totally Unreal Book Club, please commend them for their bravery for their Polybius experiment. And we hope Will has all his limbs intact. Finally, I'm Tim Gibson, host, writer, and all-around Dr. Frankenstein behind the Cabinet Podcast. Follow the Cabinet Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other major podcatchers. Also, follow the Cabinet Podcast on Twitter at the Cabinet Cast. Happy Halloween, gamers! <laughs>